Hi, Tuesday. Hi, Devlin. How's it going? It's going all right. I am chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's liminal week. It is liminal week. This week is always bad. It's always bad. Nothing happens. I have just been anticipating that it was going to be tough mood wise. So I have like I have like stockpiled like it's it's like when you hear a storm's coming. So you stack up on like your canned food. Right. But my canned food is Yoshi's Crafted World and crochet. I want to play Yoshi's Crafted World really badly. It's so cute. I thought it was multiplayer, but it's not like distance multiplayer. It's only if you have like a, a normal switch and you play together and I have a switch light. Just sad because I wanted to play Yoshi with you. We'll figure it out when I get back. You can play Animal Crossing. We can't play Animal Crossing. Speaking of beans, I am addicted to the Northern Boys right now. <laughs> bald bean full of beans. Hey, who's your favorite I'm member? Bald, mean- I was, was going to ask you. Uh, I don't actually know their names yet, but the bald, mean, and full of beans guy is up there. Norm. Norman Payne. Norm. Norm has got the best voice. It, it just makes me laugh so much. I love Norman Payne. I love, I think it's Paul, the guy in the suit who just, who just sways a bit. Um, he just dances, doesn't he? Yeah, he just, he just reminds me of like the, the English side of my family. And he's just, he's just a jolly man. I, th- I think Patrick's closest to my heart, though. I don't know what Patrick's zodiac sign is, but he's got water sign energy. <laughs> uh, the guy in the suit who just dances just reminds me of every person I see on the train when I'm in London. Exactly. It could be any just of them. Very, it could be any of them. Could be your next door neighbor. I, I saw this comment on TikTok, and it was like, yeah, Patrick lives in my town, and he, he's always complaining at my local pub. I can confirm that he's just actually like that. <laughs> I, I'm, like, not surprised by that. I, I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked it up, and so, they've all got solo careers as well. Oh, my God. I'm going to have a look into this. Yeah, Patrick is a bummer, as you can expect. Yeah, I mean, the lyrics paint a pretty grim picture. Yeah, his, he's got, like, one album, and he's like, this is a collab with my twin brother who's dead. Mm-hmm. That's Patrick. rough. Patrick, buddy. I love Patrick. We love Patrick on this podcast. Yeah. I have to tell my holiday story before we start today's episode. Please do. So normally, you learn your lesson about drinking too much when you're like 18 or 19 years old, right? Right. So me being me and being like, no, I'm going to limit the amount I do everything in my life because anxiety. Yep. On Christmas Eve, I went to the pub. Now, I'm turning 30 in a week. That's important context here. I got caught up in a conversation with a British guy. Just got really into this conversation. And I kept sipping drinks. Yeah. And the second I left the pub, I started spinning, like, in my brain. Like, I just felt... Oh, no. The drunkest, drunkest I've ever felt in my life. I spent all of Christmas Eve night, or at least six hours of it, in my bathroom, being sick. No. And... I've never experienced that before. My muscles and my whole body hurt. And uh, Ree has made fun of me for complaining about it because, again, you're supposed to learn this lesson when you're like 19 years old. Yeah. I remember Ree made fun of me for getting like uh, whatever, whatever high school-esque drink that I got. It wasn't, 
it wasn't Mike's Heart Lemonade. It was something of that vein, though. And I was just like, again, like, I didn't get invited in high school. I let me have this moment. <laughs> Solidarity. Because I used to drink Palm Bays when I was 19. It was Palm Bays. Ree made fun of me because I got a six pack of Palm Bays to go to one of your shows. I think they're good. I'm sorry. They're it's good. just sippy juice. I like it. It's good. It also reminds me of a time I went to a party. Also around Christmas time, and I was talking to someone who I kind of had a crush on, and I was under one of those like back patios on a Vancouver special, nice. and someone had a two a two liter of um of Growers leaning on the side of it, and I was like right underneath it, and they bumped it with their elbow, so mid conversation, just a whole thing of Growers fell right on my head. Delightful, delightful. Good story. Good Is times. it Growers and not Growers? Because I thought it was Growers because it's fruit and it grows. I think it's growers, but the way I'm talking is just becoming permanently the longer I'm here. <laughs> I'm pronouncing O's in a different way. Messed up. Messed up. Messed true. up. Usually I get like a little, a little silly on Christmas and this year was no exception because, you know, like, like my family has like a routine where it's like, like, like we split Christmas into thirds, right? Like morning mm-hmm. is breakfast, presents, mimosas, afternoon is socks nap uh baileys and coffee and -hmm. then evening is wine and interacting with the grandchildren so like i followed that routine as i always do every single year but like Mm -hmm. nothing happened (laughs) i was (laughs) i was just i was just a chilling guy i did however just hanging out i did however come up with my favorite name for a stuffed animal and it wasn't even my own stuffed animal <laughs> I got my I got my nephew this yellow knockoff squishmallow dinosaur. And so we were trying to think of a name for it. And I was like, well, you don't have to go with this if you don't want to, but I think it would be really funny if you named it Bananasaurus Rex. And he's three, so he thought it was very funny. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, so Bananasaurus Rex. God bless Bananasaurus Rex. He's a good guy. Okay. I also got you know those you know those cameras they make for small children now where they're completely coated in rubber so they just bounce if you drop them? Yes. Yeah. So the children are, are the family photographers now, and uh, the five-year-old just learned the word selfie, which is very funny to me. That's really funny. Just That's really to me good. And she's like, she's like, twos, twos, let's take a selfie. And she just sticks the camera <laughs> in her faces and it only gets my nostrils. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah. That's really, really cute. Yeah. You know, it's an exciting news I just realized. What? Well, first, let me preface the fact that my New Year's resolution is to just really embody the wacky morning uh, radio po- personality for this show going forward. Yeah. Even I more so. Need, I, think, I think we need sillier sound effects. I think we need a soundboard. We need a soundboard. You know what I feel I need, like, like, like an, for pod research purposes mm-hmm. is I think we got to watch UHF together. Because that's the energy I want to bring. Okay. Okay. We should we should message me about this after. We will do it. Yeah. Weird Al's UHF, which I haven't seen in a few years. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's, it's nice. It's a nice movie. It's just about making media. It's about making independent media with your friends and getting silly together. And sometimes people enjoy the silly things that you make. Hey, that's what we do. Exactly. That's why I think we should watch it. This is the official pod countdown. I have eight months until I'm back in the same time zone. Thank Thank God. No more Hell Island.
No more. That's enough. Apologies to our British listeners who are a good majority of you now. You are lovely people for the most part, but I don't like it here. <laughs> yeah, no. Sorry. I feel like, well, like, I, f- I feel like most of most chill British people agree with that sentiment. Oh, they do. So they 100% do. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying the truth. I'm sorry. Welcome to Music is Good. <laughs> Welcome. Speaking of British people. Uh, yes, yeah, speaking these of British people. These are some that I like. We're going to discuss some British people that I like. Yeah, but first, I'm Devlin, got a Metallica patch on my dungarees Galloway. And I'm joined by... Tuesday, bald mean full of beans, Ferguson. Something See, I was going to do that one, but... I. I did. I, I said it already, so I was going to give that one to you because. Thank you. I am full of beans. I remember one time, one time I was talking about Beanie Babies to Remy, and I was like, I just like the sound they make when they're full of beans. And then Remy was like, you're full of beans. <laughs> Tuesday. Hi. You're full of beans. It's true. I'm a beanie baby. You're a beanie baby. Yeah. I like the, I like the phrase full of beans because it's cute, but it's also like, just like, like the, the masked way. Of saying that I was hyperactive as a child. <laughs> yeah, I I heard that a lot as a child as well, actually. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, clinically so. I am clinically full of beans. <laughs> so who are the British folks we are talking about today, Tuesday? Um, my boyfriend, Martin Gore, and his buddies. <laughs> his also friend, known as Depeche the... Mode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you mean Consequence of Sound? No, I don't mean that. Wasn't that their old name? Was it? I think it was. Their original name was Composition of Sound. Was that like in the Vince Clark era? Because that doesn't even count in my head. It was the Vince Clark era. See, not not to dunk on Vince Clark, because Vince Clark was an erasure, which if we can Mm -hmm. insert like a short sample here. Hold on to the night. Remember that game, Robot Unicorn Attack, from Adult Swim? That was exactly what my brain went to. Always happy. I want to be with you. Yeah. Make believe with you. Living harmony, <laughs> harmony it's a great song. Yeah, it's a banger. But yeah, that is the primal Vince Clark project for me. Early Depeche mm. Mode. Like, like, I got into Depeche Mode around the time that I got into Erasure because of Robot Unicorn Attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Erasure is Vince Clark in my head. Maybe Yazoo, if we're feeling generous. See, I only really know Erasure. I've never heard of Yazoo. I haven't gotten as into them as I would like to be. When I was getting... <laughs> one of my sister's co-workers at the hair salon has a, has a Yazoo tattoo, and I was going to be like, I like Yazoo. But I don't know. I haven't listened to that much Yazoo, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like I would like it's a it's a future conversation after you do some research. After I find out if I for real like Yazoo, Yazoo, mm-hmm. Yazoo. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I my history of Depeche Mode is it's one of the bands my mom showed me. Yeah. My mom, when I was much younger, had like a sleeve of CDs that she had bought in the 90s. 
and Violator was one of them. And I always liked it because I liked the rose on it. Yeah, it's a good album cover. It's really good. And then when I was in high school, I heard Enjoy the Silence. And I was like, yo, play this song at my funeral. Holy <laughs> Yeah. Straight yeah. <laughs> up. Mothika is a joke that you'll enjoy the silence because I've, I would have fondly shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've told my story about enjoy the silence before on the pod, but it was months ago, so I'll tell it again. Yes, um, please. There was that one time where the amplifier on my record player shorted while I was listening to Violator. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. You know how a lot of speaker wires, like, they don't have the jacks on them. Like, you just gotta, you just gotta split the wires and stick them in there yourself. Mm-hmm. So I did that, but I stripped the wires a little bit too far, so they touched and did the bad thing. And it made the amplifier blow smoke into my tiny apartment. Right in the middle of Enjoy the Silence. And I was like, I did not enjoy that silence. That was terrifying. No, that was, in fact, not silence. No. <laughs> It's too scary. I'm sorry. That's really funny. It was very funny. I know. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad we can laugh about that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good story. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I thought I had like done something like very gravely wrong. And my dad was like, oh, that just happens sometimes. Don't short circuit ne- next time. <laughs> Thanks. That just happens sometimes. Thanks. It's, it's very reassuring. Um. So I know you really like Depeche Mode. Yeah. Even if I, I picked this. Did you want to do a little bit of history on it? Okay. Um, Martin Gore's my boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. So, um, like, am I giving, like, an artist bio or what? Uh, yeah, that could work. Whatever you want to do. Okay. So Depeche Mode, they were formed in Essex in the early 80s. The main, the main guys, if you will as of right now, are Dave Gann and Martin Gore. Um, the original lineup was those two, plus Andy Fletcher, who passed away this past year, R.I.P. Fletch, um, and Vince Clark. They kind of started out New Wave when Vince Clark was in the band, and Vince Clark was their main songwriter for one album. And then when Vince Clark left, uh, Martin Gore started writing everything, and got real feelsy mm-hmm. got real feelsy and i just i just love them dearly they're my boyfriends martin gore is your boyfriend martin gore is my boyfriend i was reading a bio of depeche mode where they were talking about how in the early years martin gore you know he was like late teens early 20s and he was in this relationship with this very religious girl and then when they broke up that was when Depeche Mode started getting like kind of goth adjacent. And that's when he started dressing <laughs> like that. Like that TM. Just, yeah, just. Yeah. Leather harnesses, the whole, the whole shebang, good lipstick. Everyone else is just kind of dressed in like leather jackets and jeans. And Martin's just there, like having his little Fully moment. Fully harnessed up. Having his little dolls kill moment. <laughs> <laughs> It it is kind of a bit of a doll's kill look, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He is very cute, to be fair. He's such a cutie pie. I um I have to admit that I've only ever really heard Violator. Oh yeah? 
Do you know like like any of the other like hits like like just can't get enough? No, <laughs> I don't. It was on Glee. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, no, that's that's like the biggest song written by Vince Clark. So that's the one that a lot of people know because it's just you'll you'll probably know it if you hear it. You'll probably recognize it if you hear it. Um, I I guarantee it. Yeah, but yeah, this was kind of later in their career. Violator was in 1990, so it was. You know, they were really, really big in the eighties and you know, extreme hardcore diehard fans by that point. And mm-hmm. it was kinda interesting because like when they started out, they were really considered like kind of corny, like not teen pop, but like I guess a little bit teen pop new wave. Um <laughs> I've showed you the chicken video, right? I love the chicken video so much. Yeah, so the chicken video is there's from their second album. So Vince Clark has just left, I believe. And okay. they just they just got baby faces. Like they're not a day over 19. No. And some German equivalent to Top of the Pops has them playing their song See You in a barn with chickens inexplicably. And they're just cuddling. They're all just yeah, cuddling they're just, chickens. They're cuddling chickens and lip syncing. And it's very cute. It's really good. Dave's wearing a suit that's too big for him. Martin looks like he just wants it to end but he's just holding the chicken patiently all the chickens look very happy yeah they're all doing that thing where you know they're making that really long like uh, yeah that was really good that was a that was a perfect <laughs> was, impersonation right there <laughs> yeah you know martin's just kind of apathetically bobbing his hair rhythmically it's it's a very wholesome video i i might i might use it for one of our posts about this this album or it's or a good vid episode. and i watched it over and over and cried when fletch died this year Aww. I just, I just love them. They're good, but yeah. So they were like kind of considered like teeny bopper by a lot of people in the eighties, and to that I say that's that's silly, that's buffoonery. It's a little silly, but I will say that listening to even to Violator, which I still think is a, like a perfect album, is still like yeah, it's a little corny, but in a good way. Corny well, yeah. bracket positive. Yeah, like. That was kind of their darker and edgier album. Not that they didn't have darker and edgier stuff, because they... Oh, apparently Yazoo was called Yaz in all their American releases. That's not a band, that's Birth Control. Yaz. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very British-sounding word. Yeah. Yeah, Some Great Award was the album that Master and Servant was on, so that's when they got horny. People Are People was, like, kind of a generic, you know, everybody's equal song. So. Uh, it got it got played at Pride a lot in the eighties, which is nice. That rules. Depeche Mode has kind of yeah. like been the gay club soundtrack for a long time, which is part of why I adore yeah. them. They are big gay club, and like I've heard, enjoy the silence in every gay bar I've gone to in the last like four months. Extremely. Speaking of like things getting horny, I did read a interview with Martin Gore where he was talking about the themes of Violator, mm. and I have a quote if you would like me to, uh, to read it. Please. Gore says, World in My Eyes is about love and sex and pleasure. They're all positive things. And calls several of the songs on Violator pervy. And is yeah. later quoted as saying, I suppose my songs do seem to advocate immorality, but there's always a hint of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like... <laughs> <laughs> there was someone I used to follow on Tumblr who used to make Depeche Mode only playlists, and it was like Depeche Mode songs about religious trauma, <laughs> Depeche Mode songs about horny, 
Depeche Mode songs that make me worried for Martin Gore. <laughs> Depeche Mode songs about look- about capitalism and fascism. And between those playlists, like their entire discography was sorted. <laughs> Remember when I'm not going to name him because, but the Pepe man who was like a, like a big all right person for a while in the late 2010s was like, yeah, Depeche Mode is the official theme of the alt right, and Depeche Mode just came out like, yeah, f- off, yeah. Simply <laughs> off, and just also for so... what it's worth, like yeah, he was doing like some weird white supremacist, and literally everyone was like, literally Dave and Martin are both mixed. Like a, a lot of you know, like Martin's obviously like very light skinned blonde guy, mm-hmm. but like I've just heard a lot of like black folks in the goth community just being like, like talking about how they looked up to Martin as like a visible person mm-hmm. that they looked up to. I think that's cool. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Apparently Martin Gore's dad was just like some American army guy who like kind of, you know, never was never really in his life until later on. But then they met when Martin was an adult. And I've heard anecdotes that his bio dad just works at some like garage out in the States and always wears his Depeche Mode hat. And when they come on the radio, he's like, that's my boy. And I just think that's cute. That is really nice. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Another fun little note since we're talking about the band's history is that when this album came out is when they were having their big commercial break in the States. They booked a record signing in L.A. at a warehouse. <laughs> and they expected, like, you know, maybe a thousand people to show up. But no, 17,000 people showed up. So they had to cancel the event due to security concerns, and it almost caused a riot. Uh, I mean, that seems like low expectations in the first place. Like, I know it's the American market versus the British one, but, like, mm-hmm. the Mode 101 came out a good five years before that, and, like, those shows were crazy crowded, and, like, you know, people carpooling in vans for hours and hours to go see them. Like, you know, they, they, had, they had diehard fans, and I just think... <laughs> By that point, it's a bit silly to expect a thousand people. <laughs> You're getting a bit silly. You're getting a bit silly. Yeah, because it was it was the alt kids who got into them on like like college radio, and also just like they played a lot of live shows in England, like mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the American audience kind of got into Depeche Mode when they started getting a bit like edgier and hornier. Whereas a lot of the European market just saw them as like, you know, the cute teeny bopper boys. And I think that's always like a really interesting parallel because I think that's still part of how they're perceived today. Because I think they're so popular that like everyone who was around in the 80s, you know, has an opinion about Depeche Mode. And again, like a lot of people who were into like cool music back then think that Depeche Mode is like annoying teeny bopper music. And then it's just like everyone I know who likes Depeche Mode is just like a hot goth chick. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. There there it is. <laughs> like it's really funny to think that Europe thought these were like teeny bopper songs compared to America. That's I love this record. And I love this band. Even if I'm like a fake fan because I only really know this record. It's the best one. Like, it's fine. Okay, good. I guess I just don't got to go listen to anything else then. No, I'm going to make you. 
I'm just saying that this is my favorite. <laughs> um, I have a few last notes talking about the history of this record. Some some just fun facts that it was uh, released on Mute Records. It topped number two on the UK album charts, and it was in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 in the US charts. Oh my God. Their tour that they did for this album. Oh, I've heard stories. 48,000 <laughs> tickets were sh- were sold within half an hour when they played Dodger Stadium. Oh my God. Within a half hour. And bots didn't even exist back then. Ticketmaster didn't exist back then. Dude. My God. That's insane. Um, yeah, we're only going to get 1,000 people at this album site. <laughs> I also, I like, um, I like the video for Personal Jesus because they just really pulled, like, the goth cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to know Lil Nas X's opinions on Depeche Mode because I feel like he does have opinions. I feel like he absolutely has opinions. Collab of the like- year. I would pee my pants immediately if they collabed. Or, like, if Lil Nas X, like, covered Personal Jesus? I would die right there on the ground. I, I think I would, too. I think that would be incredibly good. Yeah. Um, we could make this, like, a, like, a, for $8,000 a month, I will stop thing. Where it's, like, if Lil Nas X covers Personal Jesus, we will stop because we will drop dead right there. Yeah, we'll end the podcast right there and then. Yeah. It'll be over. Mark our words. Yeah. Watch this happen in like a week and then we're like, well, we had a good run, folks. <laughs> we had a good run. 74 episodes. Let's go. I just love the synth sound on this record. Yeah. Like, it's just so 90s. Well, yeah. But like a tra- like a transitional kind of 90s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and just like, I think that the synths in this particular album hold up quite a bit better and are less like, you know, of the time they still are, Mm -hmm. but like, like not as much as most of the stuff they put out in the eighties. The thing is is that midis and synth sounds in the eighties, and this is maybe a hot take because there are some good ones, but the majority of them were a bit, but like, that's the vibe. It is the vibe. That's the vibe. But it's also a bit, but it, in, in a positive way i mm-hmm. i love them okay like the the bit that comes at like the beginning of waiting for the night like that that holds up like i'd be all over that if that came out today oh absolutely absolutely there are many good beat boops on this record mm-hmm. i'm quickly listening to what you what you were talking about again oh yeah yeah S- slowed down fireflies <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right you're right you're right <laughs> sometimes i truly just listen to the first little voice that comes into my head when i'm listening to something yeah oh you want to you want to hear something cute yes i always want to hear something cute so in 2022 when dave and martin announced the new album they were talking mm-hmm. about how they were working on it like during lockdown and how they were just kind of sending each other iPhone demos. And Dave says, I played guitar and sort of sang into my iPhone. And then Gore sent it back with his angelic voice. <laughs> That's cute. That's so cute. That's so cute. Also, they have great singing voices in this band. Oh, I yeah. love, I love a deep, a deep voice, you know? Yeah. It's good. You got like a good, like strong baritone. And then... Mm-hmm. And then you got my boy, you got my boy Martin doing like the, the higher 
backup slash he takes lead on some songs and it's it's delightful it's just delightful it's just it's just ear candy well yeah a, a cool thing is the amount of bands that have been influenced by depeche mode because you got everyone from mm-hmm. like no doubt to aha to tegan and sarah to like ramstein to shakira what about what what about nine inch nails though extremely especially black celebration yeah, I, oh yeah i was gonna say i'm like it's gotta be they gotta absolutely got to yeah. And Lincoln Park. Um, I, I was talking about this in the Lincoln Park episode, like the Mike Sonoda Enjoy the Silence remix actually kind of rules. It's really good. I I listened to that earlier. Yeah, it slaps. It, it slaps. It's really good. Our episodes are connected. We all they all connect. It's all a, a happening story. I've stumbled upon a major podcast conspiracy. This name keeps coming mm-hmm. up over and over again. Sylvia. <laughs> you know, I, I like this podcast because I usually feel really insecure when I make the same joke, forgetting that I've made it before. And the people mm-hmm. are like, you already told me that. But with you, it's fine. And with the audience, they don't say, they don't say anything. <laughs> we, get, we get very little feedback. You don't it, say anything. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that I'm aware of this and I'm very insecure about it. But, like, it's fine. I think it's funny. I'm I think it's nice. Funny. Me and you both have six cool catchphrases. Yeah, exactly. What are your favorite songs on this record? Good question. Very good question. Mm-hmm. Got to think about this one. I mean, like, I can't pick because I I usually have to listen to this on like on vinyl or on the tape because it all blends into each other. In a way that mm. I gotta gotta be all over. Um, Sweetest perfection is very dear to me, especially like in kind of the final third of the song when like the guitar hits and oh. it makes that sound. Oh. It's maybe one of my favorite like third acts of a song. It's hot. It's good. This whole album just makes me like do my Paris Hilton voice. And I'm just like, that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Honestly, same. Like. The f- the whole first half up to I think like dangerous, I'm like yeah, and then the last two songs are not my favorite because they're like very just atmospheric, and I'm like yeah, cool, but oh, the- you're listening to like, like the reissue. Yeah, I am. Okay, yeah, I've been I've I mostly just listened to where it ends at clean. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a perfect album then. That's that's that is nine for nine right there. Yeah, everything else is um is bonus tracks from the Damn, 2006 okay. reissue. See, I learned something new here. Yeah, I learned. Yeah, no, that's a perfect album then. Like, mm-hmm. I really love World in My Eyes, Sweetest Perfection, Personal Jesus, Enjoy the I'm Silence, also, Policy of Truth. I'm also like real intense about the mix of Personal Jesus that I need to listen to. It's gotta be the album version and not the single version because Personal Jesus like does a cool thing in the later third that they don't that they they cut on the shortened version and i simply can't have that i didn't know there were two different versions yeah hmm. like the version the version i first heard was on the greatest hits album so that was the version mm-hmm. without the cool little bassy inter- synth interlude and then when i heard that for the first time on the album version i was like oh this vastly improves the song for me i can't even imagine it without that interlude that like adds so much to the song yeah. 
You know where I first heard that song? Where? Grand Theft Auto San Andreas on my PlayStation 2 in like 2006. That slaps. It came on the radio and I was like, what is this? That rules. That's so good. <laughs> but yeah, no, just another episode of us just like fanning over an album that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I realized that I first started listening to the Depeche Mode Greatest Hits album roughly around the time that Rihanna's S&M came out, which I listened to it again and it doesn't exactly sample it, but the synth riff is very similar in a way that I don't think was an accident. Oh no? Well, yeah. Like, there's there's a riff in S&M by Rihanna that isn't exactly the melody of the main synth riff in Master and Servant. But not the same melody, but it sounds very similar. It sounds like the sound alike version, and I feel like that's got to be intentional. Possibly like a reference? Yeah. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to listen to this. Also, like a lot of Rihanna singles kind of do references to bands of that era. Like SOS is totally spiraling off um, Tainted Love. I literally thought that before you said, I'm like, it's your admit, like, your admit, can't say that band name. Tainted Love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, soft sell. Oh, man. I need to listen to some Rihanna now. Yeah, you do. You simply do. I do. I simply I, do. I took dance as a preteen, so I've heard enough Rihanna for my entire life, and it's fine. I took dance nine, and I heard a lot of 2007's hit pop singles. Even Hillary Duff sampled Personal Jesus. I love that for her. <laughs> That's really good. What song? It's you know? called Reach Out. It was released in 2008. Incredible. Reach Out and Touch Faith. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing for this album is like the drum machines, the reverb on it is like the perfect 80s drum sound in my mind. Like that is just like what I think of when I think about the 80s. Yeah. And it wasn't even released in the 80s. It wasn't even released in the 80s. I immediately keep hitting like the first five seconds of Enjoy the Silence. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Enjoy the Silence was originally a slow ballad song until they threw a beat under it, which I think is really funny. It's inherently nightcore. It's inherently it, nightcore. Holy <laughs> You're right. They sped it up and threw a beat under it. It's nightcore. When I'm right, I'm right. Dudes, you're always right. Yeah. You tell it how it is. I tell it like it is. Martin Gore's my boyfriend. Martin Gore's your boyfriend. Yeah. What if Martin Gore was also my boyfriend, though? Okay, deal. We're in a we're in a polycule. Sick. Nice. Figured nice. it happen. I figured it would happen eventually. <laughs> Vancouver's only so big with so many people. The same polycule. The same polycule. The same poly. <laughs> the Greater Vancouver polycule is slowly taking over the city. I was waiting for it to happen after like all the jokes about the Seattle polycule. Like, mm-hmm. this is just great value, Seattle. You're right. Hello, Vancouver. Sorry to tell you the truth on the radio in the morning. <laughs> Sorry that I'm always right. <laughs> Sorry that Tuesday's always right. Um, yeah, what? Let's get some final thoughts on this. Besides the fact that it's perfect and that Martin Gore is our boyfriend. It's the goodest one. It is the goodest one. Just simply put, it is the goodest one. Yeah. And also, you should absolutely 100% listen to it if you haven't already. And yeah, I've listened to it again, buddy. Yeah, listen to it again. 
just just keep listening to it especially if you have something to do good like if you're doing something in your home like i put this on when i'm sewing a lot i don't know it works it's it's good driving at night music Mm -hmm. or like driving in the rain yeah 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 I also used to think it was funny when I worked at Safeway because Personal Jesus would come on every day at 2.30 p.m. That rules. In the Safeway. And I was like, this seems a bit risque for Safeway. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> I think that is enough. What are yeah. you listening to this week, Tuesday? Lots of Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo rules. Yeah. Love Oingo Boingo. I listen to a lot of Dead Man's Party just because that's what I got to do. I've been listening to a lot of Dead Man's Party, too. That's... It's starting to like become more my favorite than just a lad, but I'm still really attached to just a lad. Yeah. It's just like, what if we took the monster mash and we made it like a banger for the club and then we did that for the whole album? <laughs> it, that sounds like a, like a board meeting where they have like a chalkboard. They're like, monster mash. Club banger. Circle. Club banger. Circle. Make it a Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know that board game Cranium, where they got yes. all the weird creatures? Mm-hmm. I saw this post on Tumblr where it was like, this is what happens in my head when I listen to Oingo Boingo, and it was just the Cranium creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're That's, right. <laughs> yeah. When I listen to Oingo Boingo, one of those like um, Tim Burton snakes that are all stripey just kind of whirls around my ears. Yeah, or like maybe one of the spiral cats. Yeah. I have a lot of criticism about Tim Burton, but that guy knows how to make a creature. Remember when we were talking about Danny Elfman and we both lost our because you said Daddy Elfman? I will die on that hill. I will stand by that statement. <laughs> I think I agree with you. That was so funny. I remember I told my coworkers and they were all very cis straight men and were very weirded out by that, but that makes it funnier to me. Honestly cut this out of the episode daddy daniel oh what have i been listening to i have been listening i've been catching up still on a lot of like 2002 2002s uh 2022s like big albums that everyone's talking about i've been listening to a lot of god's country by chat pile which i talked about last episode still really really good uh garbage island by the burning hell is very cute and nice. And I've been listening to the new Beth's record this week. Nice. Specifically the song Expert in a Dying Field. Because <laughs> I relate to that. Rut row. Rut row. But yeah, no. I've just been trying to like speed run 2022's big releases. Because I'm going to be honest with you. The podcast has really f***ed up my listening habits. And I haven't listened to like anything modern in like three years really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly... COVID did that because now I just crave something that resembles stability. <laughs> Which means my, my uh, listening habits are very small windows. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough. That's enough. I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Devlin Galloway. It's not spelled that way, but you'll figure it out. You can also follow this podcast at Music Is Good Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to support what we do and get early access to our episodes and the very rare bonus content, 
uh, go over to patreon.com slash music is good pod one. I'm Tuesday Ferguson. You can follow me on Instagram at Mamichi. I don't post a lot on there, so you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, All right. here's my final, here's my final thought and outro for the day. Social media is dead. Good. Maybe we should leave it that way. Honestly, I feel like the social media posts I've been seeing have been getting like progressively sillier. Mm-hmm. Negative. I want them to get sillier positive, but they're getting sillier negative. Like they are getting sillier negative. Like I saw one post that was like, if you do X like anxiety thing that a lot of people do, you have religious trauma. And it's like maybe there's a truth nugget in there, but it's a small one. And you very much wrote that as clickbait to get people arguing. And I'm not taking the bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. That's bait. I mean, the thing is, is that since it's dying and all major social media interact interactions these days seem to be fueled by hostility. That's how you get interactions. That's how you get well, yeah. the thing. It's bad. And we should just let it go. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is that it's becoming more obvious. They're they're becoming less subtle about it. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a good thing, because it makes me disengage faster. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, happy holidays and a happy new year. We'll see you in 2023. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.